Amen. Well, I'm not going to delay too much longer today. We got a special guest uh, in the house today. Uh, some of you may know him as uh, uh, William. Others know him as uh, Howie or Pastor Howie Mulder. You know, so why don't you come on up here this morning? He's going to be delivering the word of the Lord. One thing you never know about Pastor Howie is, is that once he gets up here preaching, you just don't know what's going to end up coming out of the spirit of this man. So I got to be careful to make sure that I get myself out of the way before he starts, you know, talking already on the way up. So anyways, I got a mic for you here. And Pastor Howie, it is all yours. All right. All right. Well, good morning to church. It's always good to be here. But before I preach today, I got this woman I've been dragging around for 50 some years. And I'm gonna ask her to come up here, take the mic and sing. And you better do good. Dragging me because around. we gotta go home together in the same vehicle. All right, go you ahead. You gonna sing with me? No. no. Go ahead. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good to be in the house of the Lord again today. And this is an old song called I Go to the Rock. So if you know it, I encourage you to sing along with me or clap along or stand up, whatever you want to do. So just join in as we praise the Lord this morning. Amen. Where do I go? Who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? And who do I lean on? Yeah, when there's no foundation stable, I go to the rock. I know he's able, I go to the rock. The Lord is the rock of my salvation. The Lord is the stone that the builders.
intelligence or whatever you want, want to call that. Uh, glory. But I want to talk to you about a very interesting person. One who never attended a prestigious university. Uh, didn't make any landmark discoveries. Did not come from a prominent family up on the Knob Hill. Nor did he drive 1973. Rolls Royce, Silver Shadow, SS, Triple Black. That, that, that's my, that's my, uh, my uh, what do you call it, a car I'd like to have one day. He never wrote a bestseller. But a book about him has been on the bestseller list for over 2,000 years. He never wore double-knit silk mohair, wool worsted, continental to the bone, $3,500 hustler suit. With a full-length coat with a belt in the back. over top of some Stacy Adam knee-high socks planted in some hand-crafted alligator shoes. I gotta tell you something about shoes. I put these new shoes on my feet today. Man, I've walked like I got clubs on. Whew. I haven't had dress shoes on in so long. I couldn't even put Pastor Luke had to help me put and right now, my feet are telling me, you should be sitting down. But I got to stand for a while. Whew. But anyway, Jesus suspended between heaven and earth. 
up there on Mount Calvary for your sins and mine. While the four soldiers that were watching him die in agony, as if watching an afternoon matinee, gambled for his seamless robe. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The creator and furnisher of the universe, the maker of us all, suspended between heaven and earth, bearing the sins of us all, who after shedding his own innocent blood, offered it up on the altar in heaven to appease the just demands of a righteous God. Jesus was not only the veil, he entered the veil, but he was the veil. He was not only the offer or the high priest, he was the sacrifice. And he took his own blood and laid it up there for us. But death could not hold him. The grave could not contain him because life was locked up on the inside of him. And his blood is indestructible. And if you apply it to your life, it will make you as indestructible as he is. No fire can burn it. No water can drown it. And no wind can blow it away. You will be as indestructible as he is. His blood makes all the difference. What manner of man is this? That even the gale force winds have to obey his voice. Peace! Be still. Job, the very first, that's all right, baby. That's my great-great-grandson cheering me on. Thank you, Roland. <laughs> His blood, now, but you threw me off there, buddy. <laughs> what manner of man is this? That even the gale-force winds obey his voice when he says, peace, peace still. Job, the oldest book in the Bible, even though it's not the first book that we've come to. He said that he flung the north into empty space. Hung the world on nothing. And Isaiah picked it up in the 40th chapter, verse 12. And he said, who measures the water in the hollow of his hand, meted out heaven with a span. <sighs> they were going to put the words up, but that AI, you know what I'm talking about, AI, AI, couldn't do it. So I got to look here and, and, and just kind of read it to you. Who comprehends the dust in a measure. In other words, he knows exactly how much this earth weighs. The mountains he weighed in scales in the little hills and balances. What 
kind of man is this who just spoke the word and breathed out billions of stars and he knows them all name by name <laughs> in one by one. What is his name? His name is Jesus the Christ of Nazareth by way of Bethlehem, Judea. And he is the son. Allow me to address your attention to a passage of scripture in the book of St. Luke. I was going to have it put up, but it's not. Beginning, and I'll read it. Verse 44, and it says, about the sixth hour of the day, which is noon, darkness covered the face of the earth until the ninth hour, which is three o'clock. At which time Jesus breathed his life away. The darkness was so thick, you could probably almost feel it. The sun, so ashamed of what we were doing did not even show its face. Scripture says that the earth shook. The elements knew, but mankind didn't, that we had just crucified our creator. The veil of the temple was torn in two. You see, our educated secular minds have to always try to describe all these events. Some say there might have been just a solar eclipse. Let me tell you something. It don't last for three hours. A solar eclipse, that's when the sun, the earth gets between the sun and the moon and the shadow of the earth is cast upon the face of the moon. It only lasts for a few minutes as it moves away. This lasted for three hours. Then Jesus cried with a loud voice, Father, into thy hands. My spirit. The book of Matthew and Mark, they also record this event. Even though his voice was failing, not fading. He said, Father, your hands. He wasn't murdered. He wasn't assassinated. He wasn't snuck upon one day and just nailed on the cross. He knew what was happening. And it was planned before the foundation of the world. And he willingly went through all of that for us. God could have looked away and caused that darkness or that demonic power that gathered around the foot of the cross where the judgment was. He could have looked away as Jesus hung there bearing our sins. But he did it for us. Not like that darkness in Egypt that you could probably feel, but he did it for us and God's judgment was placed upon him according to Isaiah 53 verse 5 said he was wounded 
our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes. We are healed. Listen, that passage of scripture was written 700 years before Jesus' birth. And it was fulfilled exactly to the T. Let me leave the Bible for just a few minutes and check with some pagan sources regarding this historical event that affected the entire world. Plagon, P-H-E-L-G-O-N of Carpia, K-A-R-P-I-A, recorded both these events in his writings in the Chronicles of the Olympiad. He wrote that in the 202nd Olympiad, there was a great earthquake that leveled buildings 300 miles away from Jerusalem in Nicaea in northeastern uh, Asia. And that there was darkness that covered the entire earth. This occurred, get this, in 33 AD, the exact time of Christ's crucifixion. This pagan author had no desire to promote Christianity. Yet his writings confirmed the Bible authors. And let me go a little further and state that the Roman historian Thallus, T-H-A-L-S-I-S, that's so you can look it up yourself, also recorded this event. Jesus wasn't taken by surprise. He went willingly. And, and let me just say this. Give Judas kind of a bad rap. Judas did not sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Judas sold himself for 30 pieces of silver because the blood of Jesus is so precious and without price. He could not sell him for that. How powerful is his blood? That scarlet thread that is woven throughout the tapestry of our human existence. What? can wash away our sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Somebody told me there's between eight and 12 pints of blood in the human body, depending on how big the person is. About a gallon, gallon and a half. And I, I, I want you to hear what I wrote. Taking in consideration the size, with the current population of Earth being about 8 billion, which they say, and from the time of Adam till now, there's been roughly 117 billion people on Earth. And I try to do some calculation at 2.30 in the morning, laying in bed, and I couldn't shake this, and it kept going over and over and over in my mind. 117 billion people. Even if we was project how many people will be here in a few more years, let's say 120. And if you take 120 billion and multiply it by, okay, this is what I heard too, that the human body takes about eight minutes, just over eight minutes when you take a shower, using 
about 17 gallons of water. That's at a flow rate of two gallons per minute. That would mean that it would take 120 billion times 17 would equal, I didn't do this in my head, it would equal, this is at 3.30 in the morning, now mind you, 2 trillion and 40 billion gallons of blood, that's at a conservative number, to wash away our sin. That number was too astronomical for my mind at 3 o'clock. So I just said, just one drop of blood. That's all it takes, the blood of Jesus. The devil could not touch Job. He said it himself. He said, you put a hedge about him, God. You put a hedge about Job, and I can't get through to him. Let me tell you something. God has a hedge about you and it's called the blood of Jesus. Satan cannot get through to Father, I plead the blood over everyone in this building. Satan, you have no lawful or right to be here. The earth is God's and because of the scarlet thread you can't get through this hedge. Leviticus 17 states, I would have had these up for you to read, but I got to read them to you. That the blood makes atonement for our sins. Hebrews 10, 19 lets us know that the blood gives us access to the holy place. And what the blood of goats and bulls could not do in that it was weak to the flesh. God sent forth his son made of a woman in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Walking after the spirit gives us access to the blood. And it is the blood of Jesus that gives us the authority. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. You know, it amazes me how a brown chicken can lay a white egg with a yellow yolk. And even more amazing to me is how a brown cow can eat green grass and produce white milk and yellow butter. But it does. But what I wanted to say with all that in mind, now there's some people, brilliant minds, that are going to describe that scientifically or however you want it, biologically. But what's even more important, and I dare all of these scientists and biologists and physicists, whoever they are, to explain this, how God, can take black sins, wash them in red blood, and cause them to come out white as snow. But he does. The miracle is in the blood. Scripture states that there is no 
other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. That every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now we have the blood. And I just interjected the name. In the book of Genesis, we learned that God ordained the substitute sacrifice. God told Adam and Eve when they were in the, not Adam, not Eve, no, let's just be fair. God told Adam, and you can look at yourself, Genesis 2 9, and says, you can have anything you want in this garden, but here in the middle of the garden, this tree, I don't want you to touch. And it went on to say that God commanded the man, saying, every tree in the garden thou mayest eat, verse 17. But the tree of the, knowledge and of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that tree. Because the day that you do, I'd put Adam in the garden to look after things. How long it was before they got to the tree. But then the Bible says that the woman went to the tree and that the devil, the enemy, the serpent, deceived her into partaking of that fruit. Now, first of all, it wasn't the woman's fault. She wasn't here. She was just a spare ribbon Adam. When God told him, don't you touch that tree. She wasn't here yet. So she was deceived. But Adam, he had a flagrant, wanton, willful disregard, and he was disobedient. She was deceived. He was disobedient. And then, okay, oh, let me just keep going with this for a minute. And it didn't say it was an apple. I heard that from a little boy. He ate the apple off. God had to kill a lamb. And it wasn't a lamb. For some reason, God left that. Oh, he didn't tell us it was an apple. Nor did he say it was a lamb. We deduced that with our own reasoning. Something had to die. And that the life of the body was in the blood. Interestingly enough, it wasn't Eve's fault. The Bible says this. And here's the scripture. I want you to look at Genesis 3, 1. Adam <clears throat> knew what God had told him before he was made. He said, the day that you eat, you're going to die. But Adam lived 930 years. Did he die? Yes, he did. He died spiritually. We're a three-part being. Adam, the day he ate that fruit, he died spiritually. Look, and if you read it, it says, and the woman partook of the fruit. This is why it's Adam's fault. And gave it to her husband who was there with her. He wasn't alone. She wasn't at the fruit stand and he was at the meat market. 
He was right there with her. And he knew what God told him. And yet he held his peace and partook of that sin. And yes, he did die. He died spiritually. 930 years after God formed Adam out of the dust of clay, breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and Adam began sucking air on this planet, he died. Adam! Come for our afternoon chat. Where are you, boy? Oh, God, I heard you walking in the garden. So I hid myself because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? Are you getting your information from another source outside of me? Who told you? Here comes the blame game. The woman that you gave me. Here comes the woman. The serpent deceived me. But God passed judgment on them all. And kicked them out of the garden. And what is sin? It's separation from God. For the first time, when God came into the garden, he didn't see Adam because Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, so I hid myself. What is sin? Nothing more than separation from God. And now Adam is separated from God. I don't know how all this stuff came about, but I can tell you this. Moses is attributed to writing the first five books of the Old Testament. But Moses did not come along until 2,500 years after Adam. So how did he know all of this? How could he pen this? When Jesus was walking with his disciples one day, he asked them, fellas, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? One of them said, John the Baptist. Somebody else said, uh, Elias. Somebody, one of the prophets. But Jesus asked them a very pointed question. You say that I am. Peter piped up and said, Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. You see, the things of God do not come by explanation. The things of God come by revelation and he was told right then and there that uh, you are the Christ son of the living God and then get this I can almost imagine this in my mind oh now you want to put the scripture up <laughs> no I'm just teasing you I'm just teasing you after causing all this trouble I can see the devil going up to God God, them kids did today. <laughs> yes, right. They took of that fruit you told them not to. God still amazes me, even to this day. 
we learn about this substitute sacrifice. Once Adam sinned, there had to be the shedding of blood because the scripture says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so God had to take a sinless animal, shed his blood to make clothes for Adam and Eve. And then he drove them out of the garden, trying to hide from God as if that's possible. The devil is the one that caused the problem. And he was the one that probably went to God to say, He asked a very pointed question, and Peter gave the answer. One of the living God. And just a day or so after that, they were up on the mountain of transfiguration. After getting that divine revelation, Peter saw Jesus in his glorified state, even before he was crucified. At an advanced knowledge. One of the first recorded times we see the separation between God and man. <sighs> that scarlet thread. Philippians 2 verse 5 to 11 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon himself the form of a servant. And being found in fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. We have the blood and now we have the name. Leviticus 17 11 says the life of the flesh is in the blood and blood makes atonement for our sins but animal blood is not powerful enough to bring redemption from the curse of mankind. That can only come from the shedding of innocent blood from God's own heavenly bloodline. Hebrews 9, 12, 14, Jesus entered once into the holy place. This brings to my mind the question. The name or the blood? And the word, here, go to John 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's Genesis 1. But let's skip up to John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was came. Oh, okay, you're going to let me read it now. It's, and all things were made by him and without him was not anything that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God who came to bear witness of that light. He was not that light, but came to bear witness of that light. That all men through him might be saved. Now we have the word. 1 Timothy 3, 16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness. 
Is there any difference in power? Are they co-equal? That is the word, the name, or the blood. Let me finish up real quick in the Acts of the Apostles. Acts 27, we find that Paul was being sent to Rome to stand before Caesar. And as they journeyed, they ran into a very, very violent storm called Eurachilodon that lasted for 14 days. I mean, they never saw the sun, moon, or star. I remember we was at last cruise with Pastor Rick and Kathy, me and Marshall. Whew. And we were in that same area in Crete. Couldn't make it to the island. That storm was so violent. I think they said it was 50-foot wave. I almost peed in my pants. And I was in the dining room having breakfast. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to hear it on the way home. I, <laughs> Pastor Luke looked at me and that just fell out, Martha. But we would see the sky and then we would see the water. Dishes fell off the table. Servants were, servants were dropping things and all that kind of stuff. That was just for a few minutes. But they were in this storm for 14 days. And Paul was being sent to Rome to stand before Caesar. And as they journeyed, they ran into this storm. Verse 15, the ship could not bear up into the wind. Verse 17 and 18, afraid of sinking, they lightened the load. Read verse 34 to 47 if you have it. If you can, put it up there. Okay, well, I'll tell you what happened. The ship was caught up by the violence of the waves. They saw this little harbor they thought they could just kind of make their way to. The front of the ship got stuck. The back of the ship was tore up by the violence of the waves. And then the soldiers... Council was to kill all the prisoners. There was 276 of them. Lest they got out and got away. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, said, no. If you can swim, you get to shore. And if you can't swim, you can take broken pieces of the ship and get to shore. And that's what they did. And some of them made it, not all of them, all, some swam, and some of them made it on broken pieces of the ship. And I want you to know today, I don't care what you're going through, you can make it on broken pieces. Paul was on that ship. He knew he had a destiny with Caesar. Here he is now telling these people, look, it's been 14 days since we've seen the sun, moon, and stars. We haven't eaten anything. Let's, let's do something about it. They listen to Paul, and they begin to eat. And then finally, these shipmen got that ship to shore. And they got there. Some on boards. Some on broken pieces of the ship. But Paul made it safe to shore. And Chapter 28 picks it up and says, Then they knew that the island was called Melita. And while Paul was out there gathering sticks for the fire, this venomous viper, I think sometimes six feet tall, long, 
fastened on Paul's hand. And the island people said, you know, though he got away from that storm, he must be a very wicked individual because vengeance suffers him not to die. And they looked at him waiting to see him swell and die. But Paul just shook that venomous beast into the fire. Why? Because not only was he covered in the blood, God's DNA, DNA, his blood flowed through Paul's body. And when you got the blood of Jesus covering you, and you got the blood of Jesus in you, there's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. And the blood has not lost its power. God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. Let me end this with this present location of your final destination. When God looks at you, he doesn't see you where you are. He sees you where you should be. Because when God looks at you, he sees you through the blood. That rock is Christ. I've heard many people saying that the Hebrew word for this is that and the Greek word for this is something else. Well, they got a disadvantage at me because I don't know. I can't snore in Hebrew. I can't cough in Greek. I can't quote scripture by the yard. But I can tell you this one thing. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish. Believe. If not, you can change that today by simply repeating this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I'm into my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you are the son of the living God. You can make it on broken pieces of that scarlet thread, the blood of Jesus. Ryan, you want me to shut her down? It's 1128. All right. Well, if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's not too late. Those people were on that ship. They thought it was too late for them. <clears throat> but after long abstinence, Paul said, brethren, God stood by me last night told me that we're all going to make it and you can make it even if it's on broken pieces the blood of Jesus has you covered what can wash away my sins but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again but the blood of Jesus all you have to do if you don't do it here do it when you can. Ask him to apply that blood to you. Your home will be assured in heaven. Hello, hello. All right. Thank you, Pastor Howie. How many enjoyed Pastor Howie today? Why don't you guys all stand up with us?
got a lot in common that most of you don't know. We are both retired policemen. Okay. Mm -hmm. huh? Yeah, brothers, he said, and both <laughs> born on the same day, March the 31st. Wow. And not only that, both good-looking, fine young men. Well, okay, okay, okay. Two out of three is not bad. Two out of three is not bad. But I'm here to say that God is able through his blood to make us clean. He cleanses us from all. Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that God loves you so much. He would do it all over again, but he doesn't have to, if he had to. Mm -hmm. What can wash away my sin? Mm -hmm. Nothing. But the, the blood, blood of, of Jesus. Jesus. There you go. Amen. You know, Pastor Howie, you know, preached a, a, a great message and, and, and talked about how Christ died for us so that you can have a relationship and be restored back into the kingdom of God. And, you know, he, he led some of you through that prayer of salvation. And if that's something that, you know, you've, been, you've walked away from God or you're now just wanting to surrender your life over to God, I'm going to have a couple people here at the altar afterwards. Come on up and talk to people about that relationship with God because it's so important. You know, what we do in this life is going to affect all of eternity, whether we will be separated from God or we will be in unity and harmony with him forever. Amen. Amen. Tell the one next to them that they're a blessing. Have them have a great week. We love and appreciate you guys. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow night for corporate prayer at the lighthouses. Be blessed and enjoy your day. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And welcome to the After Nine Show. My name is Sarah Quinlan, and I got here with me one of my favorite guys in the whole wide world, Pastor Luke LaBeouf, or Papa, Pastor Papa, or whatever. Just I don't call him late for dinner. That's it. I answered there anything. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're just tuning in with us, we just heard a message from Mar uh, March, wow, May 7th, 2023, called The Scarlet Thread. So what I would encourage you to do right now, if you haven't watched it and you're just popping on, is um, go back to the beginning and watch it again nice. or watch it the first time and then come back and talk to us about it because we will be here when you get back. Um, but basically, we want to get right into it. So Pastor Howie Mulder gave us a message today called The Scarlet Thread. Do you have any like main highlights that you want to touch on first? Well, first and foremost, it's God's plan for man. Yes. From the beginning to the end. Yes. He leaves nothing undone. There's a... There's an answer for everything in man's dilemma yeah. from the time of Adam and Eve yeah. till the day we go home to be with him. That's right. So I would encourage you to tune in and the scarlet thread. Yeah. What touched me is the power we have in the blood of Jesus, That's right. in the name of Jesus yeah. and in the word of God. Yeah. What Jesus says in yeah. first John that he is the word. Yeah, that's right. So he's got everything covered. Yep. If we just surrender to him and allow the blood of Jesus to cover us, the enemy will not be able to penetrate us and lure us into temptation. Amen.
I think that's great. And you know, something that we always have been talking about, like I think since we started, was the importance of the name of God. You know, mm -hmm. we talk about Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Mafalti, um, Jehovah Ori, you know, uh, El Elyon. Like we go on and on. We've got a whole list of them. We've got t-shirts with them on it but you know the thing that i really got out of the message today was like are we truly understanding and like grabbing hold of the scripture verse that says that his name is above every name it's above the name of depression anxiety fear death sickness it's it's above generational curses it's above um uh, broken heartedness you know it's it's the name that's above every other name and i you know i was just really thinking that you, you kind of mentioned that too is just like all of the things that Jesus did for us on the cross were so uh, specific and so important mm -hmm. to be able to touch us in those areas that need to be whole and need to be healed and that we can fully grab onto that the name that is above every name you know like every knee will bow every tongue will confess like I think that we really need to in this day and age especially of all time really grasp that is it the name above every name for us you know he's made provision yeah for every need we'll ever had in life. Yeah. In his name. Yeah. And he also says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess yeah. that Jesus Christ, that name, yeah. is above every name. Yeah. And he lives in us. Yeah. If we invite him in, I'm telling you, he that's his heart's desire is to come in and dwell in man. Yes. And it also says that in his name there is fullness of joy. You know, or is it in his presence? In his presence, presence. there's fullness of joy. You know, there's so many things um, about the identity of God. That, mm. And I, I think it's just going to be like, even me, like I've been lucky enough to be born in a Christian home and raised in a Christian home and been reading the Bible most of my life, like as long as I can read. But I think it's really exciting to see that every year I learn something new about one of the facets of God. And it's, it, there's, it's never enough. Like, you know, there's, there's always so much to learn about him. And um, it's really exciting to see like his identity and why he is the way that he is and what he is for us. We'll never exhaust it. No, never. His name, when he says it's above every name, yeah. we'll, keep, we'll keep getting revelation yeah. as we read and grow mm -hmm. and change. I'm telling you, he reveals himself to us yeah. through his name. Yeah. And there's power yeah. in the name of Jesus. That's right. I thank him every day for his name. Yeah. And I stand in the gap with the issues that are before me. Yeah. And I declare the name of Jesus over every circumstances in yeah. my life. Really and good. I walk in victory. Yeah. It's so cool. And then I think even like with ourselves, you know, um, when I was younger, I used to get, I my, like my mom would call me, like my name is Sarah, obviously, but my mom would say, oh, cause there was a movie that was out called The Little Princess and the girl's name was Sarah and my name was Sarah. So like there was a thing, you know, growing up that you're my princess, you're my princess, blah, blah, blah. Amen. But then as I grew up, I was studying out, like, you know how God renamed Abram to Abraham. So mm -hmm. Abram is just father. Abraham is the father of many nations right? Sarai means princess. But do you know what Sarah means, Pastor Luke? Mm. Queen. 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 That's above so princess. Abraham <laughs> got, a, got a, like, a promotion with his name. Yeah. So did Sarah. And so, you know, my whole life I was like, oh, you're a princess, you're a princess. And it's great. That's cool. Princesses are great. But who rules countries? Queens. Queens. So when I had that revelation, I was like, oh, 
I like my name so much better now. <laughs> see, it's stuff like that. Yeah. There are nuggets that God yeah. feeds you as you read yeah. his word, as you walk and apply his name. Yes. When um, the power of the blood, when yep. I, I plead the blood of Jesus over myself and my family every day. Yes. The blood covers me. Yep. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And no weapon formed against me and my family will prosper. Yes. That's how much power we have. And that, you know, when we understand that, that's exactly what's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah. The words will be life and yeah. not death. Yeah. And that's what the word of God and the blood of Jesus will do for each one of us mm -hmm. when we truly get revelation of this. Mm -hmm. And that's why today's message was very, from the beginning to the end, very clear yeah. that there is power in the redemption power that Jesus did for us at Calvary's Amen. cross. Amen. You know, uh, I believe it was King David that said that let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And something that I think is really important for God, for us, is to know where our identity lies in the name of Jesus, but also what the name of Jesus is. And so I really pray for you guys today and I encourage you today is if the name of Jesus doesn't uh, shake your spirit doesn't mean everything to you. Uh, I really, really encourage you just to study up on it some more, um, pray on it some more, because I, I really believe that in order for us to be able to be the vessels, to be like the living sacrifices that he asks us to be, we need to know that we would be willing to give everything everything up for that name. And I don't know if we really truly grasp what that means and what that looks like. Uh, I'm not even talking about just like our lives, but I'm saying like our very souls, like Jesus gave it for us. Amen. He went down. He was his, it, um, God's face turned away from Jesus. You know, like the most broken that Jesus ever was beyond death. Um, that is how we need to, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm rambling, but I think it, it, yeah. But it's the authority behind that name yes. that he's given us. Yes. We stand in that authority as the same authority that Jesus had yes. when he fought, walked the face of the earth. Yeah. So that's why we can say greater is he that is in us yep. than he that is in the world. Yeah. He's given us dominion over the things of this world. Yep. And he lives in us. Yeah. And we'll walk in victory in every day of our lives. Yeah. One more thing, and then I know we only have a minute left, but something too that came out was that it says that if you ask for the uh, nations, I will give it to you as an inheritance. Yes. And that's the kind of God that we serve. It's just mm -hmm. the words of our mouths, right? It's important. What we have, what we confess, what we're speaking, what we're claiming, where is our, um, are we claiming our authority in Christ? Are we claiming our redemption in the blood? What are those things that we're saying? Because that's the stuff that's going to shake the ground, right? And that's why our house is so um, keen on focusing on having a heart of prayer. Amen. Amen? That's it. Okay, Pastor Luke. Well, I just want to say on Friday, we will not be having youth group, but we're going bowling. So hey. if you want to come bowling at 7 p.m. at Super Bowl Lanes with your youth, um, reach out to me. I'll get you the information. If you happen to bring a brand new friend, the friend gets free admission and you get free admission. Such Super exciting. Deal. Yeah. Um, but we will see you tomorrow at the Lighthouse on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, or in person if you want to get connected. 6.30. 6.30 to 7.30, one hour every single Monday. And we wish you the best Sunday ever. Thank you so much for joining me today. Amen. And uh, we love you guys. That's it. I will be there. See you tomorrow.